Hello, everybody. This is Taylor Kramer, a local podcast host and producer, and I am collaborating with the city of Traverse City as well as some local media members to bring you information in the midst of the coronavirus pandemic. I think that living in a rural community or a town like Traverse City, you can feel exempt from maybe some of the more national or international headlines. However, We also need to be aware that the news and the spread of this disease can change very quickly. And I wanted to find a format that we could distill down what is happening on a national, international level and also get the perspective of how it can relate to us in this local community. Today is March 24th, 2020. This is Amy Shamro, Mayor Pro Tem of the City of Traverse City. All right. So yesterday, Beth came on and had discussed the executive order that uh, went effective uh, as of midnight last night. And I know that you have some local initiatives that you're wanting to discuss. So I will let you just take this um, conversation, whatever direction you think is appropriate. Certainly. Well, I think Beth did a great job covering yesterday of what the executive order was going to entail. Um, I think many people probably got that prize um, alert on their phones last night, too, to remind them. So there's a couple of areas that seem um, people are unsure about, as she mentioned, and there's still some clarity being offered. But for the most part, it's out there to just really reinforce to people to stay home unless you absolutely have to. Um, You know, this is there's still food service open. There's still. Um, grocery stores, the supply chain to the stores are still going. So people don't need to run out and panic and, and shop. Truckers are still allowed to work. Um, stores are still allowed to be open, but we just, it's just to really reinforce, especially in larger metropolitan areas that this is serious and people do need to be taking these CDC recommendations and others seriously to keep distances, to stay at home, to not endanger ourselves and others. So um, that's that's kind of our new reality that we're adapting to right now. So that definitely was uh, still, is, we're all still feeling the ripple effect of that. Um, locally as well, um, related, obviously, because it, everything is related to COVID-19 right now, um, there has been an alert that was just issued just a few minutes ago um, coming from the health department that a flight coming through Cherry Capital Airport on Monday, March 16th, it was Delta Airlines 4991. So again, a Delta flight coming out of Detroit on Monday, March 16th, March 16th, flight 4991. There was someone who has tested positive for COVID-19 on that flight. So if you or anybody you know is on that flight, you have been in contact. Um, So just that's something to monitor. We also have two new cases that have been reported in Grand Traverse County today. Um, One is a man in his 50s. The other is a woman in her 60s. They're not related, but they both had been traveling. So kind of to reinforce the point that you know, Beth and I have both made over the last few editions uh, here. This is in Traverse City. This is here. Um, you know, we are on lockdown, but I still think we're hearing that pe- some people are just think it's not applying to them up here. But it is. We it is here. It's out. We've as we've said, it's probably been here for a while. But the cases are starting to uh, show up, and they're starting to show up in the statewide numbers and the nationwide numbers. Um, so that's uh, another issue to look at. Is Kind of the there's been a little bit of a shakeup at the national level too. Um, the president held a press conference yesterday where some people took it as he was signaling he might loosen restrictions nationwide. 
um, at the same time yesterday, who the World Health Organization came out and said that the U.S. has potential to become the new epicenter if the pace is not slowed. So that's something that I think we're all um, watching closely uh, that could potentially lead to more states doing what Michigan has done if the president lessens any restrictions or softens his tone uh, to try and avoid that that prognication by who that we might actually become an epicenter in the not too distant future because of the rate that we're going. Okay. So more of what we're doing as individuals and what the approach that maybe we're having our families take needs to be based off the executive orders that are coming from the state level, as opposed to the rumblings we might hear of more of a national scale. Yeah, I absolutely would say that, that I think our state and other states that are doing the same thing are showing leadership. Um, I would say a lot of people are saying, look to Governor Cuomo right now. New York is kind of the is kind of the center of the United States outbreak right now. They're already predicting that they will not have enough hospital beds uh, by the time they peak. Uh, so they are taking measures and kind of setting the tone, I think, for what a lot of other states are looking at. So hope I would definitely encourage people to to follow the state law, to listen to what our governor is saying and to listen to what local organizations are trying to share with you because it is um, very pertinent to where we're at and hopefully will keep us from becoming an epicenter. As the numbers continue to grow in Italy, I certainly don't think that's a title that we want to take from them. Do you have any idea of what maybe we can expect as this executive order has only been in effect for really less than 24 hours. Um, and they, they did outline the things that are going to still be deemed appropriate. So going to get fuel, food, medical uh, treatment or medications. Um, what type of enforcement is that going to look like? And do you get a sense that here in Northern Michigan, uh, some of that is going to be necessary or, or do we need to just take this kind of um, level of responsibility on ourselves? I think a lot of it is taking the responsibility on ourselves, especially up here in northern Michigan. Um, this, What this does essentially for our area is if people are not um, obey, let's say you're in the grocery store and people are not obeying the um, safe distancing or um, that they're not you know, complying with with what's being posted to make it a safe place. The stores and other places now have recourse. Before, if you weren't following a suggestion, it's not like you could call the police and have them talk to this person. Uh, now there's a little bit of force behind it. That said, you know, we're not rolling out the National Guard here. Um, I don't think that if you, um, you know, go drop something on your neighbor's porch, that somebody's going to stop you and ask you what you're doing. At this point, you know, I think as far as when you look at our community, you've seen quite a bit of compliance, and especially in the city of Traverse City. Um, But there were reports coming out about, you know, people kind of just not taking the proper caution in some areas. So this gets a gives a little bit more teeth to it and gives people who are still trying to operate business a little bit of protection if they need see the need to intervene with someone who is endangering their employees or other um, patrons of the business. Okay. Yeah. That's a big reason why I wanted to start this podcast. And I'm so glad that you and Beth have been willing to participate is because, um, especially Northern Michigan residents, I do think that we're a very independent and hardy people. And I was hoping that we wouldn't feel exempt from these things that are, you know, reaching us just now, even though we were a little bit behind maybe some of the more urban areas. 
Absolutely. And I think that is a danger and a beauty. You know, we've had people kind of talk about how there are people coming up here to their cabins or to vacation homes. And, um, you know, I think that's where, why some of these people are coming is they see this as a place where uh, people are a little more independent, but you also get a little bit more room to breathe, literally. Um, so I certainly understand people's thought process behind that. But I am glad for this format and this uh, opportunity to broadcast out there that we aren't exempt and we are not on our own up here. And, you know, these orders, while limiting, are certainly not, um, you know, you look at today in India, they've got a a ban in effect that is a home order for the entire country. So you've got 1.3 billion. How many people are? I'm sorry. Yeah, Yeah, billion. billion. Yeah, that's I thought it was Mm -hmm. 1.3 billion. So, um, so, you know, there's all kinds of actions being taken around the world. This isn't, yes, we are an independent nation that has a fierce independent streak through it. And especially up north, we are, um, you know, kind of people of the of nature and the woods and, self, you know, kind of have a little bit more of a feel of self-sufficiency to ourselves. But the reality is that we are still part of this global community. And that makes us both need to be participate in protecting our citizens, but also makes us vulnerable to uh, outside forces as well. We're not, we don't have a bubble around us. Um, so this, you know, we've seen this, we've got reported cases now and we have true concerns about the capacity of our healthcare system. So I think that that is something that we need to, um, really reinforce with our neighbors and each other. So, you know, this is where it can become personal. If somebody's trying to say, Oh yeah, like let's just have our game night like planned or come on over for dinner or something else that just doesn't feel like it's within your operation of safety, then just don't do it. You know, kind of discourage it and be that front line to stop what you see um might be a little bit of endangering the population yourself. At the same at mm-hmm. the same time, yesterday who also did issue um a couple reports and what a lot of people noted was who stopped using um, social distancing and started using the phrase physical distancing instead. And they did that for a very specific reason with things becoming more locked down with more of these orders, like we saw come from governor Whitmer yesterday. They want people to really realize that this does not mean you cannot go outside. And so rather and it doesn't mean you can't see other people from a safe distance. So they're going from the social using the key phrase social to physical because you do the physical part is the part that we need to enact. It's not that you, everybody has to, again, like we've talked about many times on here, lock themselves away, not see anybody and not set foot outside their own door. Um, The physical distance part is the part that they're really moving to emphasize so that people don't have to feel isolated, that the prospect of several more weeks like this, might be over too overwhelming to some people. So that I thought that was an interesting note to make as well um, as we're having these conversations. The one thing that I've seen on social media, particularly in some of the comment threads, is that there's been major concern among local people here in northern Michigan about others traveling from maybe downstate or sometimes out of state to come to their cottages as a way to kind of escape the pandemic. Um, is there is that a real threat or do you think that um, that travel is going to be more limited now because of this executive order. But if someone uh, did come from, say, Chicago to their summer home within the last couple of weeks, how 
how should we handle that? So the, it's interesting because the executive order, if you look at it, says that people are allowed to travel to their residences within the state. So if you own a place, you are right. allowed to travel there under this order. I think I think we have to walk a very fine line of of how we handle this. That we're not we don't have hotels open for businesses to just let people come up and take a vacation. People going to their own home that they own and going out and picking up a curbside order of food that is under the same scrutiny and and safety precautions that any of us going out and getting that food would get is part of living. We it, it'd just be like, you know, trying to say, well, you've only lived here a couple of years and or you only live here, you're, you know, you're a snowbird, so you're not allowed to come home even though you live here 9 months of the year. You know, I think at some point we have to realize that we are we have a lot of different populations that move through here. And this goes back to the physical distancing. You know, I know people, um, you know, some of our our local people and politicians and things have traveled recently and come home and they're still occasionally going to the grocery store and things and they're practicing safe physical distancing and disinfecting and things like that. I'm 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 hesitate to say, oh, somebody coming up to escape maybe uh, like we've talked about cities where people aren't following pro- proper procedure to get that breathing room that they're not allowed to come up here, but people who have been traveling are allowed to go wander around our gro- grocery stores and everything. Cause it's pretty much the same kind of risk threat. Um, mm-hmm. Certainly we don't want to have hotels opened up and see the million extra people that we get because our capacity for our hospitals just can't handle that. Um, but I think when you look at the numbers of extra residents I don't know that we're getting into that tipping point. And certainly if we do, I would like to believe that Munson or someone else would, um, who is part of the joint task force, would start to advise us on what some proper precautions we might be able to put in place would be too. Okay. Yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. That has been a major point of concern, but I suppose it's not much different if someone's escaping to their summer home as opposed to, yeah, Snowbird who decided to come back from, from Florida after being there for the last couple of months. And I think that it, it should just further reinforce the need for that social or physical distance. So if you're keeping that six feet and following all the proper protocols, then maybe it, it shouldn't matter quite as much where someone has been as long as you're following those rules. Absolutely. And again, like I think to the point of, um, you know, certainly we don't want to make it seem like come on up here to your cabin because it's, you know, just your quote unquote, capital U, capital N up North living, because we're not, we're not, um, again, immune to this, we're still operating under the new norm like everybody else. But I, you know, that we don't have roadblocks up either on 75 to keep people from coming here. Now, that doesn't mean, though, that we don't have concerns and people aren't looking at what happens if this is still going on in the next few weeks when people do tend to start coming back. That's the, to me, that's the bigger concern is now we see a larger population that tends to be more of that vulnerable age coming back up here, potentially. And you know, now what happens if they catch it up here or have caught it down there and bring it up? And now that's a new load on our system. That's a little larger number, a significantly larger number. So all of that is being watched. I don't think that we can just look at people by zip code and say, oh, yeah, you people from downstate aren't welcome here. But we're, we have no worries at all about the snowbirds potentially coming back um, and what that might do to uh, stress our system. So it's all just something that everybody is looking at as a whole. Yeah, that's that's really, really helpful to clear up some of those things and maybe change our mindset and how we need to approach um, the upcoming shift in population or influx or I guess whatever it might look like in the next couple of months here. 
Um, is there any additional information that you think people need to um, Sure. I just wanted to kind of, um, you know, everything's always changing. So to go back to what I had kind of originally been in touch with you about, I wanted to emphasize some of the things that are being done locally. Um, obviously, we have talked about the United Way of Northwest Michigan. I continu continue to encourage people to use that as a resource or 211 to both reach out if they need help or if they uh, want to help, if they're um, able-bodied and healthy and can help at some of these causes. There's a lot of organizations doing a lot right now and they do need assistance. Um, reminding people that all of Traverse City's utilities have been frozen um, as far as shutoffs. So we, we legally cannot not put out bills, but we will not do shutoffs right now. Um, again, reminder that the seniors have expanded services through the Commission on Aging, and they can contact Commission on Aging or, again, 211, including grocery delivery, as especially with everything going on now. That might just be something for comfort to have those groceries delivered. Um, TCAPS continues with student family meal assistant. I've heard uh, the number we got yesterday was I think they're putting up 4,500 meals a day. Um, so those pickups, yeah, so those pickups are at Blair, Traverse Heights, East middle school and I believe there's one more but TCAP site has that information and anybody can ask for uh, assistance with meals it doesn't you don't have to prove anything um, so please uh, let know that that resource is out there um, also slightly new since then is um, the community foundation which um, is kind of a trust for a lot of nonprofits and um, grant uh, grant groups scholarship groups and and foundations they have created an urgent needs fund and that fund is available for people to donate to first and foremost if you're able it's a great fund to donate to because it is going to be used by people who need help with everything from bill pay because while the city of traverse city has suspended shutoffs um, you know, we have consumers energy operating here, DTE and others. So if uh, they're not cooperating and helping, this um, urgent need fund is there for things like that, for food, for medical care, for just individual needs. Um, there is an application process and other things to go through, but that is being created right now and people are encouraged to give to it. And if you just go to the Grand Traverse Community Foundation site, you'll see that. The other one in the works, but not quite um, public with a uh, uh, website yet, is the Downtown Development Authority and the Downtown Merchants Authority, the DDA and DTCA are working on small business relief. So you have the Community Foundation's urgent needs is really focusing on individuals who might be needing help with having lost a job recently or just, you know, lower income um, than usual and needing assistance. The DDA, DTCA would be helping to, you know, with rents for small businesses that are maybe struggling now or maybe have been forced to shut down completely as of yesterday. Um, and other things to help out our small local businesses downtown. So that's one to keep an eye out for as well. Um, and then in the meantime, kind of like Beth has said, um, you know, local businesses are still open for curbside and a lot of them are trying to survive. So gift certificates and you all talked about giving them to pantries and shelters. And that's a fantastic idea. Also, just buying them to hold on to that's money they have now that's not being required to be used right away. It kind of helps them pad a little. So you can think of gift certificates that way as well while you're buying. You know, I've done it a couple of times um, in order to take out meal and then ordered a couple gift certificates that I'll use later. And sure, there's always the risk that maybe they might not be there, but at least I'm giving them a little extra cash to help float them as someone with a job who can do that. So I think that's something to remember too. But even if you can't, but you got a couple bucks to go order a takeout meal, that helps too. 
Um, so just kind of, again, pulling together as a community, it's just something we're really um, good at here. And I think it's, I'm glad that so many groups have, have uh, mobilized so quickly to create much more streamlined ways like the United Way website and two-on-one to get, connect people to the help they need or the help that they're offering. And I'm very um, happy to see that continuing to work well and really encourage people to um, and act in any way they can. Yeah. My personal story is that I recently moved to this area like less than three years ago. And I almost feel like I have the outsider perspective and looking in and the community, particularly Traverse City, has been so welcoming to me and my wife. And I really just hope that that welcoming presence is also um, going to be a- apparent as we band together and figure out how to keep individuals, businesses afloat. And I suspect that is going to be the case. This is a really, really special part of the state, a special community. And I have no doubt that we're going to figure out ways to continue to help Absolutely. Them. And I appreciate that story because that is, I think, what people up here try, strive to do. Um, and this is one of those moments where it's a real chance for us to shine. And, and sh- I shouldn't say shine. That makes it sound like it's a, a little braggadocious. But this is our chance to really show off the best of what we do. I, I totally agree with you. And I think that it has to be a two-way street in the sense of if you need help, then don't be afraid to ask. But also, if you're minimally impacted by what's been taking place in terms of financially, then it definitely is time to to step up and figure out what your role is in, in helping Absolutely. people in this time. Amy, thank you so much for joining me again. I suspect we'll talk uh, tomorrow or if not the next Sounds day. Sounds good. Thanks, sure. Taylor.